One thing I love about the time and the era in which we're living in right now is that when it comes to things like, you know, intergenerational trauma and our inner child healing and doing shadow work, we just have this increased sense of awareness and we just overall want to do better, be better, know more about ourselves, right? But I feel like sometimes that increases the amount of fear that we have and it increases the amount of questioning. Like, I don't want to pass this down to my kids. I don't want to have kids because I don't want to pass this down. What if I give this to the next generation? I'm really afraid. And what I've come to realize is, listen, we're going to pass things down whether we like it or not. We're human. Things are going to get passed down, whether it be positive or negative characteristics. But we can only hope that as we continue to do the work, yes, some negative traits and characteristics might get passed down, but we're also passing down a bunch of positive vibes, a bunch of positive traits, a bunch of amazing memories and stories and connections, and that our fear doesn't keep us from passing along all the great things that come along with being us. But what do I know? We're always going to pass something on. Yeah, right? We're always going to pass something yeah. on. And I don't want you to feel like, oh, oh my no, God, I I'm, giving, yes. I'm giving intergenerational trauma. The poor inner child work this person is going to have to My child's going to take on my anxiety. Like, <laughs> I mean, think of it this way and just stop for a second. Stop yeah. with the, yeah. the whole grabbing trauma for a second. Yes. And remember all the amazing things we have grabbed from the people around us. This is But What Do I Know podcast with Chit Suzanne, a space for affirming, for learning, and for healing. A podcast and community where we're exploring our But What Do I Know moments in hopes that it helps you, the listener, overcome yours. You ready? Welcome everyone to another episode of the But What Do I Know podcast. I'm your host, Chit Suzanne, and I just want to welcome you all to yet another episode. It's Wednesday and we are doing well. We are staying on track. You are getting your episodes bi-weekly every Wednesday, even in the summer when everyone is outside, including myself. So, woo! <laughs> but of course, you know, before we go any further, if this is your first time tuning in to the But What Do I Know podcast, Welcome. I hope you enjoy our content. You know, we have lots and lots of episodes now. The episode catalog is getting built. It's growing. So, you know, take your time. Go ahead and binge all the episodes. You know, go search up your favorite topic. We've got a range of different topics that we cover here on the Boa Duano podcast. So, you know, go ahead, binge, enjoy, share it with your people. And I'm glad that you know you have found this podcast and I hope that you stick around while you are enjoying the podcast. You know, if you find that you're like, yo, this episode is dope. This podcast is really, you know, it's really great. I'm really enjoying it. Please do us a favor. And if you're on Apple podcast, scroll down to the bottom of the page and just give us a nice five-star review. If you're feeling extra nice, you can write up a rating. And this just lets other potential listeners know, hey, I'm enjoying the podcast. You should check it out as well. If you're on Spotify, it's at the top of the page now. So you can go ahead and just give us quick five-star 
rating. And again, that just lets other listeners know, okay, people are enjoying this podcast. Let me go ahead and check it out as well. So thank you so much for doing that. If you've already subscribed, you're already, you know, you're already part of our in the know community, you're rocking with us, you're listening. You know, I just want to encourage you to make sure that you are staying connected, interact, you know, be connected on our Instagram page at BWDIK podcast. Go check out behind the scenes. There are reels content there, some IG takeovers from our guests. So, you know, be plugged in. We have been doing a soft launch of our community on the Geneva app, but I will be speaking more about that in the fall. I'm right now just doing a lot of planning and thinking about how our community will function because I want it to be safe even as it grows and as the podcast and the overall community grows. I want to make sure that it's still a very safe community. It's still a space where, you know, we're convening and talking and meeting people. And I'm just doing a lot of thinking about that right now, but you hear more about that, you know, closer to fall. Keep your eyes peeled and keep it locked, you know. Have Geneva on your mind, but we will definitely be revisiting our community on the Geneva app. But yes, of course, stay connected. You know, make sure that you're sharing this podcast with your community. And um, thank you, thank you, thank you for just continuing to listen, continuing to to share. The downloads have just been going up. Like my mind is blown. So thank you is all I can really say. But uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get into our cluing segment for this episode. Right, so for our coin segment for this episode, listen, we're going to keep it light. I feel like everyone is outside enjoying summer, having a good time. I don't really have too much news, you know, whether it's politics or pop culture that I want you all to cool into. But I just have, you know, two, three quick things that I want to share with you all before we go ahead and get into our main segment conversation. So the first is for all the foodies in Toronto, Summerlicious is back. So Summerlicious runs from July 7th to July 23rd this summer. And I've actually attended Summerlicious once a few years back, and I think it's high time that I attend again. And so Summerlicious is basically a food event that takes place, you know, every summer in Toronto. I believe we also have a winter version called Winterlicious as well here in Toronto. So whenever Summerlicious comes around, this is your opportunity to try different restaurants at a cheaper price than what they normally would be. So you can, you know, try things for uh, you can try a three course prefixed, you know, lunch or dinner menu for as low as like $20. And then there's some at like 27, 34, 41. Um, and these are decently priced in comparison to what you would normally be paying for, you know, trying out the menus and foods at these different restaurants. So this is a really good opportunity if you're, you know, eyeing a restaurant and a little out of your budget, but some malicious has the, you know, this opportunity where you're able to try, you know, a three course meal at a decent price and it's fixed and it can kind of be a way to like try it and not have to, you know, dig too deep into your pocket. So that's some malicious. There are a list of about 200 local restaurants. So if you just type in some malicious Toronto, the restaurant list will come up. You can go ahead, do your Google search, pick a restaurant and, you know, take your personnel, go out with your girls and enjoy. But yeah, that is some malicious here in the city of Toronto. All right. And then shifting from, you know, summer events, food, we're going to get into music and the fall. This is literally hot off the press. This was just announced on Monday, but Victoria Monet, love her R&B singer. I shared one of her songs, Party Girls, as our song of the week a few weeks back. She is going on tour and I have been waiting because from the choreography to the vocals, to the music, to the growth, she gives what needs to be given. Like her artistry is just 
really impeccable. And it's been amazing to watch her growth from being just, you know, a songwriter for Ariana Grande and kind of more behind the scenes to now just blooming into this fulsome artist. It's amazing. So I'm a fan. I'm definitely going to go see her. She is playing in Toronto, of course, September 8th at the Danforth Music Hall. So I'm going to be there. Tickets aren't even on sale yet. If you listen to this episode when it comes out, they're going to be on sale later this week, I believe Friday. So if you're a fan, it shouldn't be too, too expensive. Definitely check it out. Go on Ticketmaster and try to get yourself some tickets to go see Victoria Monet. If you're interested and you're going, let me know. Maybe we could do a, you know, girls night out or what do I know? Kind of meet up at the Victoria Monet concert. I'm down. But yeah, let me know. But yeah, that is Victoria Monet going on tour and her stop in Toronto on September 8th. Okay, so that is pretty much it for our current segment for this episode. Like I said, I would keep it really light and really brief so that we can go ahead and get into our main segment. I don't have a song of the week for this episode because, you know, I'm still kind of searching and trying to find some more vibes and trying to find some new music for us. But I just want to give an honorary mention to just how amazing the music genres, Afrobeats and Dancehall. They're just amazing. They are literally the anthems for the summer. They have the girls moving, dancing, vibing, like well outside and I'm just enjoying all the Afrobeats music that's coming out I'm enjoying the dance hall like it's just a whole vibe so I would definitely be coming back in our next episode with a new song of the week but yeah definitely just enjoying like the day parties the playlists are doing what playlists should be doing let me just say that <laughs> but yes we're gonna go ahead and get into our main segment conversation for this episode in our previous episode I did say that that was sort of a part one and this would be a part two continuing our conversations on you know interjection generational trauma on inner child. We are introducing another term for this episode, shadow work. And for our main segment conversation, we have an expert joining us to sort of break these terms down and to get a little bit deeper into the impact and what these mean and how these sort of, you know, connect to intergenerational trauma and healing and connection and community. So let's go ahead and get into our main segment conversation. So for our main segment for this episode, we're actually going to continue our conversation from our previous episode where we sort of talked all things, you know, intergenerational trauma. We talked about, you know, self-healing, inner child, all those terms that we're sort of hearing and trying to break down. And um, I'm really happy to, you know, continue this conversation. As I promised, we do have a therapist on. Um, Our favorite licensed psychotherapist is back. Janelle Peters. (laughs) So everyone, no worries, girl. It's always a good time with you. So thank you for coming back. (laughs) Uh, But listeners, if you, you know, if you've been listening to the podcast for a minute, you know, Janelle was on a previous episode where we talked all things self-care. Now we're going to be diving into some, you know, healing work. Um, And Janelle is a licensed psychotherapist. Her practice is Janelle Peters Psychotherapy. And she's also the mental health clinician for the Toronto Raptors. So your girl's out here doing all the things (laughs) and we're just, you know, so grateful to have you come on and talk to us about this. So thank you. Of course. Thank you. I'm so happy to be part of this conversation and it's a big one and I would hope that I could help it feel a little bit lighter and easier to navigate. Mm, Like It's a big one. It's a big one. So, you know, before we get into it, we're going to start off with your journey. Last time you were here, you, you talked to us, you know, about your journey as, you know, mental health practitioner and how you sort of got into the space. 
We're going to switch it up a little bit because we're talking about, you know, healing, intergenerational trauma. I want to know what your experience has been with regards to this aspect of mental health. So it doesn't have to be your personal journey, but what have you sort of noticed even in your practice as you like kind of navigate this part of of your work? I've noticed that um, you'll have people who come in for specifically this, who say, I want to work on things that have happened in my past. Mm -hmm. And I'll have people who are like, no, I'm good. And then all of a sudden we start uncovering things from the past. And you always hear the saying like, you know, I am what I've been through. I am who I am. I'm I am who raised me. And that is true, right? We can't be who we are today without either working through taking with us some aspect of how we grew up. Uh, So it's it's so much ingrained in who you are. But the beautiful thing about who we are now is we have the ability to understand what we've experienced. We have the ability to reframe what we've experienced. And that is something that I take a lot of pride and joy in helping people to to work through and helping people to navigate. So I think the answer to that is some people come with it. Some people end up finding it when they're in that space to realize like there is something of my past that still sits in my present and I want to have a better understanding of it now. Mm, That's really good. So, you know, I guess for you, this is the Boa Duano podcast and, you know, you've answered this question before, but what are some sort of like hesitations and moments of doubts that you've had when it comes to things like intergenerational trauma, you know, inner child healing, all these terms? Like, are there some, you know, are there moments where you're like, I haven't overcome mine. How am I going to help someone get through theirs? (laughs) Like, (laughs) There are moments when it's like I said earlier, like that's that's big. Like, Mm. am I actually going to help somebody navigate all of that? But what I think is beautiful and I'm going to be very transparent about working with black people, working with people of color is as big as something is. There's some type of understanding and reasoning that we can all relate to. So I'm not saying that all of our experiences are the same, but there's usually some ingredient that we pick up that's like, oh, I know that one. I know what that feels like. And I think that's what gives me the reassurance to be like, I can help people navigate this uh, because I understand it. I've been through something similar. I've seen something similar. We have to engage in something similar almost every single day. And so I think that's what helps me say, you know what, this is big, but... Together, we will pull it apart piece by piece. Um, And because I understand how big it is, I think, how should I put this? The best way to look at this is if you think about intergenerational trauma and everything that we go through, you're like, we keep saying it's this big thing. So imagine this big boulder in the way. Mm. And you go to a person that's not Black or a person of color, you're going to have to explain uh, the size of that boulder. You're going to have to explain the color. You're going to explain where it came from. And I think one of the benefits of working with someone that looks like you or understands where you come from is I don't have to explain what this boulder looks and feels like in all the details, but I can just tell you my story of it and Mm. start there because you understand all the other elements. And that is why I love being me. That is why I love being who I am. That is why I love being a black woman to be able to be like, you don't got to explain the whole thing to me. I know what it's like to go through X, Y, and Z. Just tell me what, how did your boulder get here? Yes. How did the boulder get here? No, when you said that, I was like, I remember the last time you were on the (laughs) podcast as well. (laughs) You had mentioned, you know, you, you're you're comfortable with that. Like, you know, you have some clients that will come in and they have a headscarf on and you you get it. And I'm like, yes, because yeah. when you have that sort of like not familiarity, but when you have that sense of comfort and comfortability, you can sort of let your hair down, metaphorically speaking, and then open up about 
like you said, how the boulder got there, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the piece that I think just brings people comfort and just knowing like, oh, by reading this person's bio, by listening to a podcast like this and hearing somebody, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, cool. This person understands how I got to point D and I could start here versus going all the way back to A. Yeah. Um, the truth is in therapy, I feel like you get to A eventually, but it's like when you're ready, when I when I feel like doing it versus saying I have to start here every single time because somebody doesn't understand me. Mm, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, so one thing I love about the era that we're in right now um, is that social media has sort of like helped us to understand a lot of um, therapy language, a lot of psychological language. Um, a little bit better. And so I want you to sort of help us break down these terms because some of them are using them and we're using them incorrectly. So <laughs> you're like, you know what? Everybody from TikTok, come over here. Yes. Let us give you the real terminology, then go back and figure then, it out. Then you can go and, you know, do the dance <laughs> with this in the background. <laughs> right. Um, okay. So the first one, of course, so intergenerational trauma. Okay. Let's let's break that down. All right. We're gonna break down the two words. Let's yes. start with trauma. Yes. Okay. So trauma Mm -hmm. is anything that allows you to feel like you can't cope, Mm -hmm. you can't comprehend, you can't express your emotions or your feelings, almost like that feeling of being trapped. And that's the best definition for me because then it doesn't tell you how big or how small trauma has to be. It's like anything Mm -hmm. that made you feel like you couldn't do something, like you couldn't cope, like you couldn't express something. So that's trauma. Now let's add intergenerational to it, which means like a generational journey, right? Like year after year. So imagine any form of trauma, anything that has allowed you to feel like you can't express something that has been passed down from year after year, generation after generation. That is what intergenerational trauma is. A good example of it um, would be, imagine a black male, Mm. right? Before you even have your first interaction with the police, Mm. what do you learn? What do you learn about a police officer? You and I are not black males, but we have black males in our family that we've heard the story, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Make sure that you, you know, have your hands visible at all times. Make sure that you are very polite. Don't give them anything to, you know, look at you in a different light. And you're like, I've never interacted with the police officers before. I didn't do anything wrong. Why are you giving me a story as if somebody did do something wrong? Right. Mm -hmm. But that's because it was passed down from year to year and generation to generation of, I don't want you to feel what it's like to not be able to cope or express something. And naturally, right away, that boy who's maybe 12, 13 years old, who's never interacted with a police officer before, well, now they feel like, wow, I feel like a little bit of trauma. I feel like something has suppressed my emotions or feelings. And I didn't even go through that yet. Mm. But it was passed down because somebody gave it to me. Right. Okay. Woo. Two things. <laughs> Two things you said. The the first, I really liked your definition on of trauma, because I think a lot of the times what we try to do when we use these words and we don't really know what they mean is we try to measure trauma. And then some people try to say, well, that's like, you know, you're being dramatic or that that's not really trauma. Like, and this is so interesting because even in the previous episode, my guest, who's a friend of mine, you know, she said she doesn't often like using the word trauma. She likes to use the word impact. But mm-hmm. honestly, by the definition you just gave, trauma could be anything, you know? Sure and can. so I think that because we sort of see it as, it's like we leave that word for like the really big things. Yeah. 
like homelessness or broken fam. Like we leave it for the really, really, really big things mm-hmm. that, you know, when it's it's not quite there, we're like, oh, maybe it's not trauma. Maybe I shouldn't use that word. Maybe it's not the quite it's not quite the right language, but I really like that definition. Yeah. Yeah. And you made such a good point. And that's what stops a lot of people from being able to process or feel like they can heal from what they have to go through because they feel like, well, what if mine is not big enough? Mm. That's not comparable to, like you said, somebody who got kicked out of their home and had to go through being unhoused, right? Like very different. But, you know, the fact that I had to maybe see all my toys get thrown away or something like that, whatever that meant to me, that was traumatic. That had me suppressing something. I had emotion I couldn't express or feel Mm. it mattered to me right that's good and then oh the second one when you taught you we were sort of given the example and you said you know this is traumatic and that intergenerational piece because it's been passed down to to me and in that example you gave it's so unfortunate because and this is where we'll get to you know healing and conversations about how do we sort of heal the next generation and all that it's that was done not because that parent wanted to tell you that, you know, you're going to face these systematic issues, but they had to tell you or they felt they had to tell you to prepare you for that. You know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. almost like that that specific example you gave was so good, but I wonder if it's unavoidable. Like, it's so sad and tricky to navigate that. <laughs> it is. And that's what makes intergenerational trauma so challenging, because mm-hmm. the truth is for many of us, it's a system that yeah. passes stuff down from generation to generation. And then, of course, there's stuff that you could unpack and the stuff right. that you can manage and change. But for a lot of us, me speaking specifically as a Black person, there's a lot of things that you're like, we're just going to have to hold yeah, generation after generation. And we mm-hmm. hope that it could change. But the hardest part is that we cannot be the ones to change it. This is where allyship comes in. This is where understanding is a sort of passing the mic to other communities that people need to hear, this is what it does. This is the impact. Let's stop. Let's stop it here because there are so many generations that are tired of holding and carrying the same thing. And if we go back Mm. to what we experienced during the height of the pandemic, it's kind of sad to be able to see a picture from like years ago from grandparents of grandparents and see a picture that happened in 2020 and be like, why is it the same picture? Right. Yep. Mm hmm. Like, it's almost like nothing has really changed. We haven't made much progress. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's intergenerational trauma. Um, we'll get back to that. But the next definition, <laughs> or next term we want to break down is we'll start with inner child and then inner child healing. So what's what's our I inner child? I want to group some for okay, a second. Yeah, because, <laughs> because the truth is, you're right. There's like inner child, there's inner child healing, yeah. and then you get to shadow work. I know yes. that's probably coming next. Yep. And... <laughs> The truth is when you think of like inner child work and you hear so many people saying like, I did inner child work in therapy and now I've understood this and I acknowledge this. Mm -hmm. Really, that's what it is. It's taking the time to go back and process um, things that have been kind of repressed, Mm -hmm. things that have been almost locked away and tucked in and things that when you were maybe a child, you could not comprehend, not because you're not smart, not because you're not capable. But your emotions, your intellect can only go to a certain stage as a child. Right. It's amazing that we have the opportunity to come back as an adult and look back at that child version situation and be like, well, here's what you didn't understand that maybe you can understand now. Mm. Here's what maybe your parents had went through as to why you felt that way. And now that you're an adult, you could understand that you didn't do anything wrong with your response. There was nothing else that you could have done about that because you were a child. 
So really inner child work is not just about going back to things that happened as a child, but I think it's going back to anything that you couldn't understand or anything that you repressed or had to tuck away because it was too big, too heavy, um, unmanageable at that time. And it's going through and doing work with a licensed person to have a better grasp of it so that you cannot make it disappear, but that you could wrap it up in a bow that's like, got it now. Here's how I heal and here's how I move on. Okay. Okay. So that's inner child healing. So that's inner child work, right? That's what that looks like. Mm -hmm. Now, the whole piece about inner child healing and shadow work, it's all techniques that are done within that. Right. So it's almost like inner child work is like the umbrella. Mm -hmm. And then when it's thin that, you can do some shadow work where you're going back and, you know, accepting, acknowledging, understanding. It's all just tools and aspects of what you do to take care of intergenerational trauma that Mm. has happened beforehand that you need to better unlock and understand. So is it called shadow work? Because, you know, by the title, it's what we have sort of kept in the shadows, is it? You know what? That's a good way of looking at it. And I love how you're like, you know what? Why is it a shadow? Why is yeah. it called shadow work? Honestly, I heard it and I was like, wow, shadow work. And at first, I did not know what that meant. Like when I heard, mm-hmm. I think I heard it on a podcast and I was like, shadow work. Okay. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like the dark thing, right? Yes, the dark thing that's you know, deep down inside. Yeah. So it, I like I like the term and it makes sense, especially when we're sort of looking at it in terms of, of inner child, inner child healing and that pulling things from the past and examining them, like, you know, it makes sense. Yeah. One thing I also said with the client and we were talking about it, I said, you know, when you stand and you see a shadow, the shadow is always bigger. Like yes. there's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's always the bigger thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was like, sometimes it's like, this is the actual thing. And here you are like looking at this big, huge, scary aspect of it. Right. Like mm-hmm. that's the part that we want to work through and understand and be like, you know what? It's really actually only this big. It's the shadow that makes it seem so much larger because Mm. in that moment, maybe I didn't understand it. Maybe it wasn't something I can comprehend, but like, I want to make sure that I could pay attention to like, what's the actual image? What actually happened? What was that actual experience? A really good example of that is like, you know, you think about um, something that may have been passed on to you by like your parents. So I don't know about Mm -hmm. you, but I grew up having to like, almost be like, you have to make sure that you kind of people please in a way, right? Like you have to make sure Mm -hmm. that you always do if somebody's asking you to do something or else it looks bad, respect your elders. And I'm not saying you shouldn't, but it's almost to the point where like, but I don't want to do that. You don't really have a choice. Yeah, it becomes very sacrificial. Yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? And then I'm just like, well, why did I always have to do that? And you know, you feel upset and you feel really angry about things. And then you kind of go back and you're like, you look back at it and you look back at it as an adult onto that childlike version. And your parents are like, well, that's what they picked up. That's how they were raised. And sometimes I'm like, it's not that my parents didn't respect me or didn't want me to have my own voice, but they just took how their voice got carried from their generations and gave it back to you. Right. And so this whole inner child work and going through intergenerational trauma and unpacking and process it is so that we can gain an understanding so we don't feel broken. We don't feel like we can't move through something and be like, now that we're in a better space, what does that actually mean? Why did it happen? And what do you do with it now? Mm. One thing that I also sort of mentioned when I talk to like my friends about this and stuff, too, is that this work is, well, I don't know if it's new, but it has become more popular now. Like, for example, I'm I'm a first generation immigrant. 
My parents are immigrants. We came here from Nigeria, right? So, and this is part of that intergenerational trauma is when you have, you know, there are four of us, mom is hustling, dad is hustling. We're having to figure out jobs. They're going to school. Someone has to take a job that's far away. I'm the eldest. So then I have to sort of like look after my siblings, which, you know, eats a little bit into your childhood and you grow, you know, Mm -hmm. you grow up a little bit faster, stuff like that. And inner child wasn't something that was talked about when I, you know, 2005, 2006, when I came here, intergenerational Mm -hmm. trauma wasn't something I heard of. (laughs) And at that point, like, you're trying to tell a a new immigrant, oh, mom, dad, let's figure out intergenerational, what? I need to put food on the table for my family. (laughs) We need to survive. So I think that's something that, you know, perspective that I have about this too, is that I think that we're really lucky you know, millennials and Gen Z to be able to be in this time where we can sort of be a bridge almost to see Mm -hmm. what worked, what didn't work and to kind of see what can work and what can help the next generation kind of thing, you know? You know, what's so interesting about what you said is (laughs) (laughs) it's real one, right? Like it's real life. Um, And I feel like there's a generation where, you know, you can't tell a parent something, you can't say, here's what I learned. Here's what I understood. Here's what like, I accept. Like, I understand why you did that mom or dad, like, because, you know, you had to work and put food on the table. Um, Sometimes we can tell it to a parent and sometimes we just have to understand Mm -hmm. what that parent went through. And that's even healing. And I say this because I think a lot of people think healing means, well, now that you get it, you need to go tell your parent what that was. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Not all our generations are going to be able to do that. Some generations are just going to have to sit with, I understand why they did that. I know Mm. it wasn't because they don't care about me. I know it's that they didn't want me to lose a piece of my childhood, but it was the only way that they can keep giving me a childhood, right? It's the only way they can keep taking care of me. So there's healing through Mm. understanding. Um, But what's neat is that I feel like there's the younger generation, so I can see it with my nieces and nephews. Maybe I couldn't say something directly to my parents, but I can oh, see that they understand the, the difference with them real yeah. quick. Like, don't worry about that. It's okay. You don't have to do this. And sometimes you just smile and you just realize that generation's not going to have what we had to hold on to. Yes. And that's yeah. what generational trauma and healing also can look like. It doesn't always mean pointing a finger and saying, here's what's happened. Sometimes yeah. it's through like looking at the next generation and seeing here's what's already changed. Mm, that's really good. Yeah. And I think that that's why, like, and it's so important, like, even as we have these conversations, and I think that especially like black communities are so like, we're very communal, you know, like whenever I think of the word, like it takes a village to raise a child, like we, we literally form villages around, you know, the next generations and you mm-hmm. have your mom and grandma and auntie them and everyone is like, you know, taking care of everyone. So for me, when I sort right. of like imagine what, healing looks like across generations i imagine a lot of pride being put to the side (laughs) (laughs) like with you when you say that i'm just thinking of my niece who literally will be like grandma i need a moment okay like i just need a minute for a second and i was and she's like it's okay take your time well i said if i had ever said i need a moment or a minute you wouldn't have this conference. You wouldn't be able to talk to me right now. We wouldn't yes. be here. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, that's so true. <laughs> right? And yeah. so I think there's always a generation that is going to naturally just heal because, um, heal previous generations because they are doing something different. And 
that's also beautiful to recognize that we don't always have to do it through being resilient and resistant, which can be very heavy for us as a people. Right, but sometimes it just right. comes through the lightness of the next generation is going to make it a little bit easier for the last one and the one to come forward. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Yeah, no, you know, going back to what you just said, you know, it's good to know that we don't often have to do it by being, you know, resilient. To sort of go to that place for a little bit. Um, There are some, you know, times where the trauma is so real that it does, you know, break families across multiple generations, right? Maybe certain family members are not talking to each other and and so on. (laughs) Where do you even imagine healing starting in that sort of a in that sort of situation Whew, that not to take really it there for hard. a second yeah it's really hard. sorry so to go there everybody girl. lock in grab your yeah. tea get something comfy to hold on to because this is where it gets bumpy yeah. um the truth is i know it's going to sound so, like super cliche but we really yeah. do have to start with us because mm. there's not a guarantee that we are going to be able to heal through the work of somebody else And it's almost like when you think about like breakups, and I always use this example, like we don't find closure through other people. The truth is we find closure through ourselves by Mm. understanding. We find closure through um, the chance of making new memories. Those are Mm. the things that really capture closure for us. So in this situation too, when you deal with intergenerational trauma, for a lot of us are dealing with grief, right? We're losing something. We're processing something that we wish we had. It's sad and it's heavy. And so we have to find closure internally. And sometimes from there, it's like, okay, that's locked up. That's taken care of. I don't need anything else. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it can be like, maybe there's space to have that conversation and dialogue with somebody else, not to change their mind, but maybe to give them understanding for them to see like, here's what I discovered through my closure and I want to share it with you. Um, So I'd say the first thing is start with you. If you have tried doing that on your own, and we can get through some steps later on in this conversation, mm-hmm. of, I would love to share with people where to start with that. Um, but if you feel like I can't do it by myself, that's why there are supports because it, it is a bumpy road. It's not easy to go back and make sense of something all by yourself. And you shouldn't have to all the time, right? Um, yeah. Sometimes another perspective can help you be like, well, what about if it was this way? And you're like, oh, yeah, maybe it was that. Maybe mm. it could be that. Yeah. No, that's really good. And the the reason I asked that is because I know like, well, first of all, girl, you read me with the closure because I feel like I've gotten a lot better <laughs> with that. But I'm a kind of person where I want to tell you my mind. So, you know, I'm, I'm imagining that person who has maybe not had a good relationship with their mom or had a good relationship with their dad. And maybe they're they're thinking about starting their own family, but it's like I want to get the anger out or I want to have this closure. Or I want to heal myself, but part of that is telling you the things that you did that hurt me so that maybe I don't pass that on 
you know, to the next generation sort of thing. So mm-hmm. no, thank you for saying that. Cause it does kind of start within. Mm-hmm. And the piece where you're saying like telling somebody, I think we have this interpretation telling somebody always means it has to be face to face and through mm-hmm. this top conversation. And you have to think about who am I telling it to? Am I telling it to somebody that's going to, it's going to hit a brick wall? Am I telling to somebody that's actually open to receive it? And if they're not, then maybe me telling them is through a letter. Maybe me telling them is mm. through me just recording a voice note or saying it in a therapy session, right? Because it's not ready to be received over there, but there's no disruptions in a letter. There's no disruptions in a voice note and I can get it out. Um, feel like there's a little bit of closure there till maybe that person down the road is ready to receive it um, and can open up later. Hmm. That's really good. I like that because it's not disrupted. You get your thoughts out, you say all the things you want to say, and then <laughs> into the ether right? goes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, that's that's really good. Um, so for those who may be listening who are like, oh, you know, Janelle Chid, this is great and all, but my childhood was decent. Um, you know, no trauma over here <laughs> mm-hmm. or minimal anyway, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, is it always necessary for us to do inner child or shadow work? No, it's not. Okay. And just because okay. you see it on TikTok and you <laughs> yes. see it on Instagram, it don't mean you got to do it, please. <laughs> you do it if you feel like there is something stuck, something that, like I said, has made you feel like I can't. Um, express something like there's an emotion okay. or feeling that you know is trying to find a way out but I don't know what to do with it because of something I experienced and the truth is some of us might have done it on our own and been like you know what I get it I see it mm. through this I didn't have to do this big set of work to unpack it I understand it and that's okay too right mm. um like we said trauma is like on a scale it varies yeah. right not everything is going to require a professional to help you with. Some of it, you're like, oh, light bulb, made sense. Great. Understood mm-hmm. it now. I've moved on. Right. Um, and that's okay, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's so many different forms of trauma. Not all of them is going to need um, a armor of support to help you with. And some people do. And that is fine. You don't have, don't make trauma just to follow the trend is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Girl. Okay. You got to say that again. <laughs> because I think that... Dude, that- <laughs> Oh, no, you, you have to say You let again. them know. You say it louder for me. Girl, you do not have to make the trauma. You don't have to make the trauma. Because right? I think, yeah, no, that, that was good. Because I think that there are a lot of, you know, we're, we're trauma bonding or bonding over, like, we're wanting to bond over these, like, deep-rooted issues. And someone says something, and now all of a sudden it's happening to everyone everywhere in the comments. But... Right. Yeah. No, I agree. And sometimes people are like pulling because they're like, oh, I want to make sense of something. I want it to mean so much more. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it really is just what it is. Mm -hmm. Right. Sometimes it really is just a part of your childhood or your upbringing. And it doesn't have to be something that, you know, should I have felt something from that? Should it have repressed an emotion? Should it have made me feel like I was locked in a box? And if it didn't, be grateful. Yeah. Right. Be yeah. grateful that you didn't have to go through that because mm-hmm. there are people who are saying, I wish I don't have, I didn't have to unpack this big, heavy thing. So correct. You don't have to find something. Um, it doesn't make you less of a person if there wasn't this big thing there. Mm-hmm. The truth is, the world's going to give us enough bumps and hurdles to go over and have to climb through. Um, let's not add more than we have to deal with. Yeah. No, that's really, really good. Um, Before we sort of get into, you know, you'd mentioned it early, uh, sharing some tips and um, steps to healing. 
we touched in on it a little bit, but I do want um, this aspect to be sort of clear to, to people listening and watching. Um, what is that connection between trauma or uh, intergenerational trauma and our inner child and inner child healing? Like, I want people to listen to sort of be like, OK, I understand how this can affect that, you know? Okay, so you want to know what the connection is between intergenerational trauma and inner child work. Yes. Okay. Like we said, intergenerational trauma, that's the thing passed on generation after generation that can have you feel like I can't cope or express something. Mm -hmm. Right? And for some of us, it happened to us when we were smaller. It Mm -hmm. happened to us when we didn't have the ability to understand our emotions and our feelings. And because of that, we go through a life and we keep growing up and you're just like, I don't know. I've never had, to, I don't know what to do with that. And I keep living my life stuck in that same spot. Mm. I can't grow with the emotion or the feeling because of what has happened to me. Right. The reason why we go back and you go into spaces like a therapy, th- therapeutic space to deal with it is so that you could unravel it, mm-hmm. make sense of it and be like, guess what? You're no longer that child that has to be stuck in that feeling you have the ability to comprehend, you have the ability to reframe things, you have the ability to work through it and do it differently. Let's figure out those tools. Let's figure out what that is mm-hmm. so that you don't have to pass down yeah. that experience to another generation and yes. you don't have to continue the cycle of intergenerational trauma. So this is what happens to you, intergenerational trauma. This is the moment, the experience where something is locked in and we deal with what was locked in so that we don't continue to pass things down year after year, generation after generation. Okay. You you remember last time you were here, you said, you know, you love analogies and you I love do. explaining I feel like things. I didn't give a one this time for that one, but I do love them. So yeah, no. if you like analogies, go listen to the past ones because <laughs> I do like them. No, and you break it down so well. And, you know, okay, this is just for me and my my curious okay. self. Um, Is it ever possible to get to the point where you're, and I think this is not possible, but I just want to hear from you, where you're not passing things on to the next generation? We're always going to pass something on. Yeah, right? We're always going to pass something yeah. on. And I don't want you to feel like, oh, oh my no, God, I passed on I'm a giving- bad thing. <laughs> I'm giving intergenerational trauma. The poor inner child work this person is going to have to My child's going to take on my anxiety. Like, <laughs> I mean, think of it this way and just stop for a second. Stop yeah. with the, yeah. the whole grabbing trauma for a second. Yes. And remember all the amazing things we have grabbed from the people around us. Like mm. the reason why black magic is called black magic is because we get to grab some amazing things. Yeah. And we want to make sure that we keep passing that down. Mm. Right. So don't t- don't tuck away everything because through some of those things have come magic comes from it. Yeah. Right. And so I want to make sure that we're not saying I have to revamp everything that I, you know, my parents have done or that I learned from their parents because some of those things we want to carry on. The Mm -hmm. reason why we have this armor of resiliency and being able to be resistant through things, especially as a community is because that was an amazing thing that caught passed down. But within that, we want to pass down joy and compassion and love, understanding all of those things are magical creativity and yeah. music and culture within our communities. Um, you can't just throw everything away and start fresh because then we don't, that's where you lose history. That's yes. where you lose, you know, the, the, the community. And um, I want everybody to know that you don't have to throw it all the way. You don't have mm-hmm. to start from scratch. It, it's not, a, 
Yeah, that's what we, I thought. We can we can still <laughs> we can still keep going yeah. and realize what are the pieces that we want to correct mm-hmm. uh, so that the next generation gets more of the joy, more yes. of the compassion. Mm. Well said. Well said. So for the listeners who are like, oh, my God, I'm trying to heal myself. <laughs> so I'm completely healed from my children and the next generation. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, boy, I love it. I love it. Um, OK, so let's get to, you know, some practical steps. Okay, Um, I'm looking at something that I had and I'm trying to find it, but my phone decided it wanted to disappear. No problem. So I'm just going to give it to you in three, four simple steps Mm -hmm. um, off the top of my head instead, because I was like, oh, I have this thing that I always use. But you know what? Let's simplify it. Because like we said, this thing is really big. Mm -hmm. Um, You keep hearing me talk about the first thing is understanding, Mm. right? Like understanding, making sense of a situation or scenario lived experience, let's understand it. But let's understand it from all aspects. Understand what you went through as a child or in the years beforehand, Mm. but then also understand it as who you are today, right? Right. You are this adult. You are this person who now has more knowledge, can express more emotions and feelings. We want to understand both places. Mm. So first thing is understanding. Okay. After that, we need to accept what we understand. Okay. We need to accept what has happened, Mm -hmm. what we have gone through, This is how we're getting, we're working through the closure piece, guys, right? So we're going to accept what has happened. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to figure out, well, how do I heal? How do I heal what I've now understood and what I accepted? And is that going to be through writing something out? Is that going to be through, like we talked about, actually talking to somebody? Is that going to be through, um, you know, just a voice noting of it? What do I need to do? Is it me sitting in a space that reminded me of that and making a new memory in that space so it's not locked in into the old one? Right. What are you going to do to heal it? And this is where therapy can come in. And there's so many other tools and practices I could teach you on exploring ways that you can heal because healing is very different for everybody. Yeah. Um, I gave some examples, but that's not not everybody's going to pick up the same thing. Yeah. Um, And then once you understand, once you accept, once you've gone through the healing, I say the best thing with that is make sure that you you look at it from a place of being able to continue. Mm. Right. You don't look at it as like, that's the end of this. It's like, well, how do I want to move forward with this? What do I want to do next? Right. Right. How do I want to change this going forward? And that's where we start passing on intergenerational joys Mm. and wisdom, because it's like, here's what I went through, but here's what I can show you. So you don't have to go through it. That is the most important part to me. That's the most important part to me when it comes to doing all this inner child work is you know, find a way to express it through your behavior and your actions where people can pick up that and pass that along. Mm. Okay. Okay. I'm just going to re, we're going to go over this. So it was understand. So we're understanding and then we are accepting what we understand. And then Mm -hmm. we're sort of figuring out, you know, how we heal, whether that be through voice notes, through talking, writing letters, writing it out, seeking professional help. And then we are continuing because the story doesn't end there. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. I like that. Girl, I you think already that's know better than the real things that I usually give, but yeah. those four, take those four, those right? We don't need to make it long. Four. I like it. <laughs> no, I really, really like that. No, honestly, um, Janelle, it's always a good time when you're on the podcast. Thank you. And I really enjoyed this. I know we're going to have many more conversations, but um, thank you so much. Like, for all that you shared, you're just such a wealth of knowledge and it's great to, you know, be able to tap into a little bit of it. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you for always creating a space for us to talk about the heavy things, the small yeah. things, the light things. 
um, and putting in a way that's actually digestible for everyone because it's some confusing information out there yeah. on TikTok, Instagram, <laughs> and every other piece of something. Yes. Uh, come here, everybody. Yes. Come here and learn the right way, the easy way, in four simple steps. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. Well, thank you, girl. Um, That's not the end, though. You know, you've been here before. So, you know, we have to end on a fun, light note. So I'm going to ask you four fun questions. And, you know, without thinking too hard, just give me the first thing that comes to mind. All right. I'm ready. Okay. So the first one, favorite place that you visited recently? I know you've been traveling. I visited recently. Man, Mm. the pandemic has made recent can't be as recent as I would like it to be. Right. So I would say that mm, let's go to in California, one of the wine vineyards that I went to. And it was, oh my goodness, I can't remember the name of it. I will make sure I get back to everybody with it. But it was like, it felt like I drove to Mm -hmm. like, I feel like I was in like Greece or Italy. Like it was just like, where are we? Right. Like, why does this look the way it does? And why doesn't everybody else know about that? Yeah, it was very nice. And it was just so soothing and relaxing. Um, And I think during, you know, a time where we're coming out of the the big, you know, pandemania that we went through, Mm -hmm. it was really nice to have that experience. So I would say that would be the most place I went to recently. Okay, a vineyard in California. All right. I like it. I like it. Um, Okay, if you had to delete all except for three apps on your phone. What would we keep? Girl, I don't want any of them. Mm. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to be, a, I'm going to give a very honest yeah, answer. I like that. Go as ahead. much as I love the, like absorbing everything on social media, I feel like it's so easy for us to get like stuck and warped in it. So yeah. there's times when I'm like, I wish I could delete everything, but I also love the connection that it yeah, gives. So yeah. I think if I had to pick three to keep, is that what we're asking? Yeah, three to keep. Um, I'm keeping Twitter just because I think it's an easy, yes. fun thing to <laughs> yeah. read and absorb. Um, so I'm keeping Twitter. And it's quick. Like the news on Twitter is way faster than any other stream. <laughs> you get it real quick. <laughs> real quick. So I think I'm going to keep that. Um, Instagram, just because I love the community that I have on there. So if you are not on there following me, please do because um, it gives the gems that and we share gems back and forth between each other. So love that space. And then the last one, if I had to pick something is, I think I would say it's weird. I, I like LinkedIn now. I never did. Yeah. So pe- and that's I think changing. I like it now because I love seeing um, the, the amazing things that the people around me are doing in like their journey and in their careers. And just maybe even the creative spaces that they're tapping into. And I think it's a great space for people to share just how active they are showing people their flowers. I really think that's the space that gets to do it. So I like that one. Yeah, I agree with LinkedIn. I never liked it. But as of recently, I'm realizing like there are a lot more younger people. There's some creativity Mm -hmm. involved now. It's we're being honest on there. So yeah. Okay. No, I'm with you. Those are those are three good apps. Um, Okay. So a favorite book that you read recently. Oh, Bell Hooks, All About Love. Girl, I feel like everyone is reading that book. <laughs> I'm reading that book. Everyone. Right? I don't know what happened if there's a resurgence, but I'm I'm here for it because that book, right? it'll open your eyes. <laughs> if you're wondering why we keep saying, right, yes, that book, read it. Yes. Read it. Read it. <laughs> read it. Oh, yes. No, go ahead. Um, And this is just, you know, I'm curious because you have such great skin. And, you know, so your hair is always on fleek. Well, thank <laughs> so you. <laughs> favorite skincare or beauty product? Uh, is it 
is it S? Is it Sage? S A J E? Yeah, yeah, I think it's Sage. I think is it's that Sage? Yeah. Yes. Um, they have like this little glowy serum something, and I have I I don't use foundation, y'all. I don't use foundation anymore. It is that with concealer in the places that you need to conceal, and honey. That's it, it is the base of all bases. Okay. And then you add whatever on top. Like, yeah. it is a game changer. So that is my new favorite product. I'm going to shout it from the mountaintop. Sage, the little glowy serum. Next time I'll bring it in here. Yeah. Show everybody. I should be like, our little sponsor. <laughs> sponsor me, Sage. Yes. That's what I say, Sage. Run the check. <laughs> right? But it is amazing. Okay. What's yours? Because your skin is amazing. Thank you so much. Um, Good Molecules. And girl, we're working on that sponsorship. But yeah, Good Molecules, a little... um. niacinamide like glowy serum and uh, discoloration helps even the skin tone yeah okay well not only is this an informative podcast but it's gonna make sure you look good guys you know (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness well um janelle those are all the questions i have for you thank you so 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 much you know just so grateful um you know before i let you go go ahead and share the socials and um how oh, people yes. can connect with you and your work. You can find me at J Peter Psychotherapy on Instagram. And if you are looking for a therapist, you want somebody to unpack a lot of the things that we were just talking about today. Um, I do have a Toronto-based virtual practice called Janelle Peter Psychotherapy. You can find us, just type us into, I'm the only JH that's going to come up, A-N-E-L-L-E, um, on Google. And there's many amazing therapists at the practice, including myself, that would be helping to support you on this journey. Um, yes. And I also just want to sort of highlight this here. I know that your practice, you know, you you were offering low cost therapy for a little bit. Is that still going? Can it people... is still there. Okay, so if okay. you are like, but Janelle, I can't do it because it's expensive. You're right. Therapy is not cheap. Yeah. Um, but it's an investment in your life that I want to make sure is accessible to everybody. So if you're looking for mm-hmm. low cost therapy, we do offer that at $90 plus tax per session, um, which is a great way for you to get in and get started. For sure. All right. Well, thank you so much, Janelle, for being on this episode again. Appreciate you. All right. Thanks for having me. so we are at the end of this episode thank you all for sticking around and for listening to my conversation with janelle talking all things you know inner child digging a little deeper into trauma talking about our shadow work all the things i hope you enjoyed it you know of course as always share this episode with someone you feel will enjoy or needs to hear this content share it with your uncle your auntie your friend your sis your man your girl (laughs) share it with everyone of course make sure that you are subscribed so that you get notifications whenever a new episode drops on whatever streaming platform it is that you use to listen to the podcast stay safe enjoy your summer drink your water and y'all will hear from me real soon bye for now